Mentada. Tired from the uh, power of love from, uh, and I'm doing a podcast today on the Heisman Trophy. Tonight is the Heisman, uh, tonight is the uh, Heisman show, and uh, I believe it's on ESPN. And, you know, it, it, it's, the Heisman has such a rich uh, background, and it is, it is the award to win. You know, there's, there's quite a few other ones out there too. The Maxwell Award, the Davy Bryan Award, Davy O'Brien Award, I should say. And, and uh, you know, these guys get awarded, uh, these guys get these awards, but there's nothing like winning the Heisman. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to, uh, oh boy, I mean, the other thing again, but it's fun to watch, watch the Heisman and trophy winners because they're, they're, uh, the way they react, their, their passion for the Heisman, and how they, and their reaction, and how they look when they won the Heisman. And you know, it's just, it's one, I can only remember one, one guy that really, just kind of like, after he won the Heisman, he went away and never came back. And uh, that would be Jason White from Oklahoma. And I believe he won the Heisman in eight, you know, eight, 2003. And, uh, I'm guessing on that one, so I'm gonna leave it up to you guys to go back and uh, take a look at it to make sure I, I'm on my, I'm a piece of cues. But I do remember him, and uh, the thing was was that you know when the when the Heisman came came out, I believe it was 1936. There was a gentleman by uh, by the name of Jay Burlanger who won the first one, and he was a he he was. He was very well thought of, and the Bears signed him, I believe, to the, uh, I believe it was the Bears that signed him to be with the, uh, with the team, with the pro, with uh, George Hallis, and, you know, it's fun to, it's fun for me to think about that, because I don't even think he, I don't even think he played for him, even if he didn't sign, but his, his, uh, notoriety was that he was the first Heisman winner. And you know, as, as time went on, as you know, there's a book out by Dave Newhouse called the. Uh, it's about the glory after the Heisman. It's called, I believe, and it's by night and it's by the Sporting News, published by the Sporting News. And I believe that the copyright is 19, uh, 1995. Sorry, maybe it's I don't know. Anyways, it's got. What I'm trying to say is that I'm getting confused in my mind again. It's a really good book, and it's really good about uh, what happened after they won the award and their careers, you know, and, and if they were good guys or not. And you know, there's one guy named uh, that I'm thinking of right now, and it's uh, Kenny from Iowa won the award. He went on to uh, he went on to fight in the war, and it was World War. Uh, World War Two, and I believe he, I know he was killed in duty. I believe his plane crash landed and he didn't make it, but I would, I can't say that for sure. I can't say it for sure, but, uh, you know, I'm just going off this book that I read by two years ago. And, you know, my brain has given, my brain has had a lot of other stuff involved with it, so. <laughs> I don't know. 
Anyways, I don't mean to be grumbling, but uh, that's the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's fun to look at these guys to go back, you know, and, you know, and I think about guys like uh, Alan Amici, who won the award uh, as a Wisconsin Badger, and he won it, and I want to say it's 55, 1955 Heisman winner. But the thing was, in he became famous in the uh, he became famous in the 1950 uh, 1957 I'm sorry 1958 Giant Colts game that was made that's when the NFL took uh, took a little bit more of a grip hold on the uh, television market and you know I know what's fun to watch was that you know. Alan Amici played for the Colts with Johnny Unitas, and uh, he was scored the game-winning touchdown against the Giants, and he went into sudden death over time. And you know, it was it's one of those things to watch where you know you know that as a kid that somebody from Wisconsin won the Heisman, but you have no idea who the hell they are. And you know, it, it was just it was it was one of those things as a kid where you're like. I can't believe that was guy from Wisconsin. But I was good to, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about two. I don't want to, you know, Amici, Amici was a force. He was just a strong, hard-nosed, he was from, he was from, uh, I believe he's from Kenosha. And he was a strong, hard-nosed running back. He didn't have moves like O.J. Simpson or nothing like that. He was just a, he was just a powerhouse. You know, he he, he moved the pile for you three or four yards. You know, and he was great for uh, he was great for for Shiny Unitas too because that's all he lived off that play action. If you don't have a good running back, you're not going to have a good play action game. So, Imichi was the. Uh, I believe he's number 35 for the Badgers too, and uh, you know if you go to Camp Randall, you'll see uh, you'll see the signs up about Amici. You're gonna learn, you'll you'll be more interested in learning about the guy. It's history, you know. And uh, and the other guy too that I really like is uh, from Navy and Army. Has again, I like that game because there's a very hard test. It's a very it's very uh, I'm sorry, it's it's competitive. I should say I believe competition. Um, you know, they, they are fighting for the, uh, they are, they're always, uh, Navy, Air Force, Army, you know, I see the, uh, the service guys are always very more, they're not going to be the big, they understand that they're not going to make the pros, you know, before they have to go through their, their duty, serve all their time. And, you know, it takes a certain amount of time when, they, you know, for, for the Army-Navy game, especially, you're always going to have a, uh, you're always going to have somebody that you remember that went on to actually maybe play in the pros. Maybe get a number of guy for the Packers that played, uh, Chris Gizzle, who was a linebacker for the Packers. Thing was, is that he, he was on special teams. He was a decent player, but I think I'll never forget being at a Redskins uh, Redskins Packer game on Monday Night Football. Right after uh, this was a month after the uh, they went back to playing, 
that season and uh, Chris Gizzy, Chris Gizzle, I think it's Gizzle, anyways. No, it's just Gizzy. Anyways, he took up, he took the flag out and he came running, running down the tunnel with it. And he came into like, I think it was like a 20 yard line. He slammed that, slammed that flag down on the field. And, uh, you know, he stuck the pole in the ground, I'm trying to say. He really, he, he ignited the crowd, that's for sure. I'll never forget that because this is like, this was the, uh, this was the game, that was the first game the Packers played ever since uh, 9-11 happened. And, you know, it was very, I'll never forget that. I'll never, it was awesome. Uh, I was very happy to be at that game. It was like one of my highlights being at a, being at a football game. Um, one of the things about Roger Stout, I'm going to talk to him about Roger Stout and, uh, you know, getting into this Navy, Army stuff, Army, Navy. Stalbach was from Cincinnati, and he went to uh, Purcell High School. Uh, he was he was a good player, but he was not Roger Stalbach. Let's put it that way. So, and what I'm saying is that you would think he would have a different uh, a different personality than what he had in high school because. It's, you know, he he went to New Mexico Highlands, uh, preparatory school for the Navy. And when he was there, he, had, he played football too. But you know, it wasn't like once he got the Navy is when it all started to happen for him. And uh, in 1963 is when he won the Heisman. He was a he was it was awesome back then. You know, in '64, 1964 was a year that. He did not have the glory he had in 63. He had injuries and he was hurt. Um, so he was not a, uh, so he, he really was not thinking about the pros too much. And when he came, because he had to continue on with his uh, service time. And uh, I believe it was 1960, I believe he, had, he came, out, came out of there in 1966. And I'm fishing around with that date, but anyways, what happened was he wrote the he was, the Cowboys draft the Cowboys had him and when they they drafted him right after uh, the '64 season, so they could hang on to hang on to his rights. And what happened was that when he got out of the uh, military, he went to the Cowboys, and they had Don uh, Don Meredith at quarterback, so he was going to you know he's going to back up Meredith and. You know, unbeknownst to anybody, that when Meredith was after the uh, after the ice bowl, I believe it was that in 1967, he announced his retirement. And when he did that, trying to speed things up for Stolbach, and uh, you know his 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 uh, his time was over of learning, and he he started playing more as a you know, he's, he's getting into games in like 69 and 70, but when he, he started, uh, he started playing full time in, in 61 and, uh, I'm sorry, just one second. I'm not saying that at all, not in 1961. He started playing full time more, I think it was like early, 
1973 to 79 when he retired. He did not miss one game. He did not miss one game. That's unbelievable because this guy will go back to pass and he had, they always said he stole that kid eyes in the back of his head because he could see the rushers coming coming from any direction. Oh, come on. Yeah, look at Sorry about that. But, uh, anyways, what I was saying was just he could, uh, he had a great arm. He, they called him Roger the Dodger because there was, he had a high, he had a leg run when he was going, when he was running. And he, and it was hard to tackle him because he could, you know, he was Roger the Dodger. But, anyways, what happened was, he could hurt a defensive back or a linebacker just by running, but he did because he, he was a tough one to tough one to keep the knees out of your freaking face mask. That hurt. <laughs> For what I hear. Anyways, what happened was that you know he went on to have a Hall of Fame career and ended up uh, ended up with his quarterback record was uh, eighty five and twenty nine. And he said, you know, he he was a Hall of Famer. He had a great coach in Tom Landry. Um, I'm not gonna say his, one of his highlights of his career was getting jumped in the freaking locker room by Clint Longley in 1974. Was the uh, oh he's called the Mad Bomber, and but he was just crazy. He was he has a lot of problems with him, and they had him and Roger had a few a few incidents in practice. Um, so what happened was Clinton Longley was called the Mad Bomber too because in 1974, I believe it was, Paul, or a Thanksgiving Day game against the uh, Washington Redskins, he threw a he threw a threw a touchdown to uh, Drew Pearson, I believe it was, to win the game, a bomb, and you know, and that's when that was he just he came in for Roger. Roger must got hurt or somebody. He threw a bomb to through Pearson. What happened too is then I believe it was the next week in practice that uh, Stolak and Guangwa got into it. It was one day, you know, when they were in the locker after practice, Stolak was taking his jersey off. And you, if you played football, you know what an ex, you know what tough that could be. So he had everything over his head, and Guangwa jumped him and uh, threw him into the locker. And uh, Rogers still did not miss a game. And he got, you know, because I know he got hurt a little bit. He got was cut and stuff like that. And you know, Longo got they high roaded Longo, Longo out of there right away. But yeah, it, this guy was weird. I mean, you know, Longo is like rattlesnake hunter and just. <clears throat> I read, I read that stuff, and I just like no wonder this guy was nuts. He's crazy. But uh, Roger was just the uh, opposite. He was upright and, you know, he was he's incredible. He's an incredible businessman, what's happened. He took his uh, football career into his business and he's building, uh, I don't know what he's doing now. He's probably retired, I'm sure, because it's been a few years, but he made a ton of money developing shopping malls. And uh, him and his sons got involved in the uh, in the business, and 
I remember hearing that nobody was more, nobody was more, nobody, there was not a better businessman out there than Roger Solak. And that was all together, everybody. And he learned all this stuff from Tom Landry. And the name, he had a great background, a great teaching. You know, and that was uh, one of the things that I'll never forget is uh, it says Thanksgiving Day games, and then you get into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Uh, he won a Super Bowl. He won. He won two Super Bowls, and uh, he played in four. The game against the. The two games against the Steelers were two of his better performances that I remember. But especially when I remember watching the, the domination of the Broncos and, and how uh, how crisp how crisp Stallback was in those games. Um, and that those games against the Broncos, the uh, Harvey Martin and two tall Jones. Had a co-MVP, but you know, Roger was the leader of those guys. Roger leaded the offense, and he's one of the guys that I look up to in my life. And and, uh, and I've had so much fun reading about because of the stories of you know of going against the Army Navy game, and, and he was hurt his senior year, and then uh, I think he played the final Army Navy game. And they won. I believe. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But I know he played. Played. He didn't. I know he's hurt for his uh, senior year. And you know, it's fun to watch and realize that how important this guy was to uh, to our country back then. And you know, and, man, he's 80 years old. Holy smokes! What happened to time? And the thing was, was that you look at. You look and you remember certain games with him, and and one of the one of the games that I remember too was I think it was one of his last games was when they played the Redskins. And they were trying to he needed to get into the playoffs, and man, out rooting for Washington. I'll never forget that. I think they were down by fourteen points with. Uh, Less than two minutes to go, and Stovak on the back, and he threw a real, he threw a beautiful ball to Tony Hill, I believe it was, and, uh, and so you believe, you know, and, and Hill caught the ball for a touchdown, but if you if you watch the announcers and listen to the announcers, the Cowboy announcers, you get the true, uh, you'll get the true excitement level that these announcers had, and. Uh, I believe one was Brad Sham and uh, the other was I'm not really sure. But anyways, it's just fun to go back on NFL films and watch that stuff because that game in particular was just awesome. And uh, you know, I really didn't I didn't really didn't appreciate the comeback. <laughs> I was not a Dallas fan. But when I go back now and watch it, it's like, oh my god, yeah, that's really cool stuff. And it's fun to watch. Uh, it's fun to watch Stallback's career develop. And then and I'm just gonna say some stuff too. Is that and, uh, Ron Dane for, was the other Heisman winner for Wisconsin, and he 
he won the Heisman in uh, 2000 was a Heisman owner and yeah, if you I don't know if you folks are remember Ron James' career or not and it's getting to be a while now it's been a long time ago but it's fun to watch a guy who had a sense of uh, humility to him and to go from uh, freshman year in 1996 was his best year that was when he had over uh you know, uh, he, had a, he had a great, he had, he had the most runs rushing back then, was that, in that year. And then, you know, he played four years at Wisconsin, unheard of him today. And, uh, I mean, he had over 7,000 yards gained and 70, I believe it was 78 touchdowns. And this guy, it, it was fun to watch because, you know, it's fun to say, you know, everybody used to go around and say, Ron Dane! That was the game. I mean, that was the uh, that was the uh, that was the plays of the uh, that was the that was the days of MVP for Dane, and you know, and Barry was running, Barry was running rampant over us, and and you know, and people there's people into the program, and the program was so so their offense was so simple back then. You know, they would just give it to Dane to get out of the way. <laughs> he had, you know, I, I, I like Gerald Campbell too, and Ron Dane reminded me of him because of his, he could, he could pile, he could be good, uh, he had speed, but he could definitely outrun, he could outrun people, but the, the thing about him was he's a bulldozer. They had an offensive line in front of him that was a bulldozer offensive line. They would go into a pile and he'd come out the other end. And uh, his strength, his legs, his legs were just enormous. And you know, it was he set he set the uh, he set the NCAA rushing record for the for the uh, most shares in his of the career and. That game against Iowa, that he set the record. It was uh, it was one of those things where everybody was give it to Dane, give it to Dane, and you could just see the numbers dwindling and uh, going. The rushing yards were dwindling. The uh, record to the record, and it was you know when he got the record, it was it was incredible. And uh, it was an incredible feeling. And what they did to Iowa that day, they, I don't think Iowa, I don't think Iowa had any, I don't think when I was on the field that they did not want, they wanted to come off the field right away because of Dane. There's no, nothing was gonna stop him that day. Nothing was gonna get in his way. Um, and when you have a football, when you have a football player of his, uh, his magnitude, that offensive line um, of all Americans and studs. And yeah, I believe, uh, I'll never forget that. That was one of, the, that's one of my best memories. And you know, and the thing was too for me was that I will be, uh, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Badger supporter, but no matter what they do right now, there's, there's nothing that can live up to that of what they did back then. They would have to win a national championship. 
And uh, they didn't do that that year. And they, they got into the Rose Bowl. They won three Rose. They won. Yeah, they won three Rose Bowls in the nine in nineties. And uh, in the nine nineties, see what happened was in nineteen ninety nine they played Stanford when it was on in two thousand. Was the you know first time two thousand when they won. So I say nineteen ninety because of the season. But uh, they wanted the Rose Bowl is a uh, the Rose Bowl is just those Rose Bowl games where they ain't played in. You know, nobody expected the Badgers to win, and it was all about the underdog and and uh, being UCLA. UCLA was a dirty program. I know I still don't like them, but anyways. <laughs> but it was fun to watch Wisconsin be the. Uh, the underdog and come come through three times against or two times against Stanford against UCLA. This was be uh, the first time was I couldn't believe it. Um, it was nineteen ninety four. Well, when Dane played the game against uh, against UCLA in the nineteen ninety nine game Rose Bowl game, they uh, it was impressive. It was so much fun to watch because UCLA had their hot dogs is what they were. And then, uh, you know, J.J. Stokes was just uh, crazy. So, I, anyways, I really enjoyed doing this. And hopefully everybody got a little bit out of this. Uh, remember the power of love. It's the power of, power of God. And, uh, and that's where we get our drive from. So, anyway, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye.